Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Friend Wrap. I'm your host, Nicholas Lorimer. Back after Herman Pretorius thankfully filled in for me yesterday, uh, so big thanks to him. I'm joined today by Saragon, and let us get into the news of the day. And the first one is a story that's mostly sourced from energy expert Chris Yaland that was in the Daily Investor. And this is, I think, a really great story because it encapsulates the load shedding problem and the real causes of it so well. So the headline reads, no power from Kusile after 233 billion rand spent in 15 years of construction. So the government's original plan to deal with load shedding when the problem first became apparent in the late early uh, 2000s, in the late 2000s uh, was to build these two gigantic new coal-fired power plants, Madupi and Kusile. And in theory, this could have gone a long way to solving load shedding. In fact, it may have completely solved it, even with the decline in the service quality of many of our coal power plants. But things have gone awry. Uh, over the 15 years of construction that Kusile has, has gone through, it was originally supposed to take six years and only cost 81 billion rand. That's, of course, gone up now to 233 billion rand, and it's now three times over its uh, construction date. Um, the project is probably uh, going to continue to cost money because it's not finished yet. And at the moment, there does not appear to be any power being generated by this at all. There are six units, each which can produce, in theory, I think 800 megawatts of power um, from Kusile. Units one, two, and three are in service at the moment, but have all broken down. Unit four is currently down for routine maintenance. Um, and units five and six have not yet been synchronized to the grid because they basically haven't been entirely finished yet. So unit five is only set to be synchronized to the grid in October 2023, but it will only be actually providing commercial service power at the end of April 2024. And unit six is only planned to be handed over for commercial service in February of 2025. And considering all of the delays and cost expansions that have happened so far, I wouldn't be surprised if those dates get pushed back a little bit as well. Uh, and there's also other major problems with Kusile that basically see it just not consistently not producing a lot of electricity. Uh, electricity Minister Ramakorpa has talked up the repairs to Kusile and the coming online of the new generating units as part of what's going to end load shedding. But as Yellen points out, if you look at the historical performance of this power station, it's really not great. And this is really bad. Of course, Madupi has also had similar problems. I don't think quite as severe as Kusile. Mm. Um, but... These two power stations have had these enormous electricity problems in just functioning and being able to provide the power that they're supposed to provide. And we'd expect that from the older power stations in ESCOM's network, of which there are quite a few. But for the new ones to not only be so expensive, but to take so long to build and to be so dysfunctional, there are only a few things that explain that, to my mind. Um, things like corruption, enabled by legislation like BE and preferential procurement, uh, malfeasance of, of unions and, and you know, uh, basically labor disputes and that kind of stuff, and just generally bad management. Sarah, what do you make of this? I mean, this kind of is a reminder that load shedding is not, it's not just some sort of planning mistake or something. It's active bad policy and bad management from government. Well, I think at the top of the pyramid you just uh, elucidated upon is cadre deployment. So as soon as you have people in that position, which makes them beholden to the ANC and 
to feed the trough. I mean, I think the ANC, they must have just had dollar signs in their collective eyes when this project came up because it's huge. So in every respect, it would have had, um, there were opportunities for, for, um, for corruption. Uh, so you had not only the huge amounts going into Chancellor House and, 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 and other people, but you also had a, a situation where it probably, in a way, got out of control. It, it was so much. There was so much available to people to, to take. Um, your, you, the other elements you, you, um, you spelt out would have been in, instrumental in the management of the project, but not the efficient and competent management necessarily of the project. You also had the situations where you would have had Contractors who weren't up to the job because of the aforementioned processes. Um, so the, the the their role, whatever they had to do in the on the power plant, was badly done or inadequately in, in, in done. And then, of course, you had you had labour disputes. And the chances are, and one doesn't know exactly what caused all of them, but some of them were they, they were repeated, and some of them were violent, and they put a stop to all the all the activity that was going on around that particular group of workers who were employed by a particular contractor or contractors, it shouldn't have had a ripple of, that much of a ripple effect, but it would literally shut down the site every time this happened. And whether it was very often, you, you're going to look at a situation like that, you, we, you've got people who are very disgruntled because they've got in, they've got poor management, they've got they're not great employers, and so there might be a whole lot of of other factors, maybe they were aware of some of the uh, corruption and 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 felt and felt aggrieved, and, and that could be very problematic. Because, as I say, you only need the one contractor to go down with with violence as a means of of dealing with the strike, and you've got the whole site going down. And a lot of time was lost at Casilia for that reason. Um, so, I, I think the fact that we're looking at i mean as you as we said when we were talking earlier about the fact that at some point you know things will come online eventually and we'll have electricity i'm hoping in my lifetime um is the, the fact is as we sit here now as you say nothing nothing is coming out of kusile and one can expect that you know in in any of these in any of these matters certain things will go wrong once the project is completed but you should have to tinker, not rebuild. And I think the 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 thing's still broken. They're... Yes, the one of the chimneys uh, collapsed. So uh, it, it and is, I think that it really is a synonym for for the state of the country, and that is not a nice thing to say. No, exactly. Uh, and it's just a reminder of how the the disaster that has been load shedding. I mean, I'm currently in the dark. If you can see my screen, mm -hmm. if you're watching on YouTube. The disaster of, of, of load shedding is one that has was totally avoidable. Uh, that has there have been many opportunities to fix it, and government has bungled them all. Which is why one should be suspicious of some of the current plans. I mean, you know, currently government is kind of almost talking up the possibility of, of moving beyond the coal system. You know, we're talking about all these renewable technologies, but until these fundamental political problems are solved things like headed deployment, things like BE, we're not going to see, uh, I think, much more efficiency from these new projects. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's not just, it's, I, I, in contrary to what Andrew Dureta once said, that you can't steal the wind or the sun, I suspect that South Africa's 
corrupt people will figure out a way to do those things if we don't if we don't actually change some of the rules in place okay let us move on to our next story and this is yet another bad story for deputy president paul mashatile paul mashatile has recently appointed a new economic advisor gamaso ntebese uh, who is his new economic advisor However, she also serves on the board of the Gauteng Partnership Fund. The Gauteng Partnership Fund is currently investigating a series of loans which were given to a man who is Paul Mashatile's son-in-law. This, of course, creates a little bit of a conflict of interest. Uh, the Gauteng uh, Partnership Fund provided at least four loans to this company, Nonquelo Investments, between 2013 and 2017. The company is owned by a guy who is married to Mashatile's daughter since at least 2007. Mashatile has denied any conflict of interest here. He says that his uh, new economic advisor has been seeking to hire her for a long time, and there's no conflict of interest here, and he wasn't involved in any sort of cover-up despite the allegations by the News24 journalists. And as he said in the reply to the questions from News24, as I'm sure you can see, the dates and timeline of the occurrence of events do not align with your conspiracy slash cover-up theory. Well, uh, Sara, this, contrary to what the deputy president says, this looks a lot to me like a conflict of interest. Apparently, the economic advisor, advisor in question, uh, Ms. Mtabase, uh, said that she would recuse herself from any board meetings if this investigation uh, came up, but that doesn't seem like a very strong defense. What do you make of all this? Well, at the point at which she made she made that comment and that realization would have been the point at which the conflict of interest should have won out over everything else. And either she didn't join Poma Shatile or she resigned from the fund um, or the trust, or whatever it is. Um, it sounds like another afternoon at Latuli House, you know. There isn't. They said in the, you know, the 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 mouth things like there isn't a conflict of interest. They've, it looks like they've thought it through in the timeline. It doesn't matter. You've got to be seen to be overly zealously scrupulous about whether you can whether something is considered to be a conflict of interest. Don't. It doesn't matter yes. if you started before. As soon as that happened, it's over. As soon as they I, started to I, I agree completely. Uh, the moment you get, if the responses start to become this very sort of legalistic, technical, well, it's not technically this or that, or, you know, I'd recuse it, then you've already, one should be suspicious. And uh, if not suspicious, you know, people with honor should step away, I think. Um, all right, let's very quickly go on our last story here. Uh, apparently, unions have been read the Riot Act by Sora Ramaphosa. I have some doubts about that, but this is in relation to some recent um, comments made by Finance Minister Ido Konongwane that the country is in very, very bad financial situation. The deficit is going to go up way more than was expected, and the unions are very upset. All of them uh, pretty much uh, have, um, or most of them have criticized government's attempts to cut spending and Konongwane's uh, recommendations to, to rein in public spending. But it seems that the ANC is in a difficult place because if it continues to keep paying the public sector the, the wages that it is, it will not be able to afford the social uh, 
relief of distress grant, the 350 rand that's currently being given to millions of people across the country, a key part of the ANC's electoral campaign for next year. Um, so it really seems like the ANC is not in a good position financially. Well, it, it's almost like karma, you know, it's like damned if they do and damned if they don't, and they really don't have alternatives or they don't have options. And it also says something about Kasatu, because Kasatu used to be, you know, built its, itself up as very much a group of members, trade unions, that represented members in the in the private sector, and then in started to in, and gradually into the public sector, and so it grew. And now it only it virtually only represents the public sector, which is a sign that there's some sort of um, stultification tank taking place. I mean, because this was they could stave this off for long for a very long time, an absurdly long period of time, but they've now reached a point where something has to give. And the, the what the ANC is left with things is do we fail to pay a whole lot of in, in, indigent elderly people their grants? Well it will probably fail because the systems fail, or do we actually get our people to stop being given 7.5% wage increases and way beyond private sector uh, weights and, and conditions of employment. So it's a horrible position to be in, but I think, unfortunately, the ANC kind of deserves to be where they are. Indeed. All right. Thank you very much for listening. And that's a wrap.